0: Man, won't you stand with me this morning for the reading of the Word of God? I love that song, Jeff. Great voice. I love when he says he's a prison shaking savior. I like that. Don't you? All right. Three of you did. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> awesome, awesome. It's good to see you today. I heard Misty was in the house. Is Misty here? Where's Misty? Hey, Misty. Awesome love you girl she's home she's all whenever she comes in the door here she's home we love you missy little zane turn in your bibles if you would first kings chapter 17 verse 1 I encourage you to uh, come by the meet and greet if you want to speak to one of our pastors for a couple of minutes if you would like to meet us or if you just haven't had an opportunity to, to talk with us so you're, you're welcome down by the bookstore come in for a few minutes and be with us we'd love to to talk with you and 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 just have a few minutes with you so please do that as we uh get ready for the message this morning talking about the right place the right place you ever heard anybody say heard the expression oh man they were just in the right place at the right time and isn't that a good feeling don't you like that you know that lady opens the door and there's ed mcmahon standing there with a check the size of a pool table (laughs) right place right time I believe in being in the right place at the right time. I believe what the Bible says when he says all things work together for the good. I believe our steps are ordered of the Lord. We're going to talk about that this morning. I'm going to use the example of Elijah. I'm going to go from there and talk about the principles that we need to understand in our own lives when it comes to being in the right place at the right time. First um, Kings chapter 17. Now, Elijah, the Tishbite of Tishbe and Gilead said to Ahab, King Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. Now, you got to remember, you know, I said this in first service. A lot of folks, they tend to feel like God should just bless them even when they don't want anything to do with him they don't want nothing to do with God they're mad at God or they don't pay any attention to the Lord don't follow Him in any way, shape, or form not even believers but they expect that God's going to take care of them and bless them and provide for them and be that let me tell you something God knows how to get our attention and when He shuts your water off you turn to other sources besides yourself and so This word had been pronounced over the children of Israel who were a lot like us. They tend to do their own thing. But here was Elijah, the prophet of God, the man of God. And then it says in verse 2, And the word of the Lord came to Elijah, came to him. Depart from here. Turn east. Hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from that brook. And I have commanded ravens to feed you there. Wow so he went and did according to the word of the Lord he went and lived by the brook chariot that is east of the Jordan and the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook and after a while the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land then the word of the Lord came to him arise go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon and dwell there, everybody say the word there. There. There's two times we saw that word there. There represented the instructed place where God said for him to go. He said, Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. The first time we heard that word there was verse 4 it says, You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there you type the circles i'd like you to circle that word there because that word there represents anywhere god is calling you instructing you asking you telling you to go there father we ask your blessings on the word of god pray the holy spirit will guide and touch us in the next few minutes pray for the anointing that makes the difference that takes preachers voices and makes it life to the people Touched by your Holy Spirit and may we leave this place saying it has been good to be in the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Shake hands with two people and be seated, two people. Back at the beginning of the year, we were talking about vision 2020, focus, the theme for this year that... The theme was focus, focus on the things that God loves, make it a priority to get back to the things that really matter to Him. We can sometimes get so off track, we can think about all the things we get involved in and we forget about the things that deeply matter to God, the priorities that the Lord has. And we are this year focusing on that as a theme for what represents our foundation, which is our mission vision mission vision doesn't change in our church but the theme does i've been in ministry for 30 full time years coming to 31 actually and in that process i always god has always given me instruction on what to do for the year i pray it through to the end of the year and then new year's day you know it starts out and i start whatever god is speaking to us about the coming year but the foundation that we all the church is founded on the thing that that I believe God gave us a vision for the church it's this statement right here we exist to embrace God I mean what good is any of the other three points if at first we've not found God and developed a relationship with the Lord got in touch with the master of the universe we must know him Embrace him. The Bible says to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, body, and soul, and strength, everything you got. Jesus gave that instruction, and then he said, and your neighbor as yourself. So connect with one another is number two. And we believe that you love the Lord your God with all that you have. We come in and on a Sunday morning. Our goal and our weekend services is that we come together to worship God, to embrace God. God. We want you stepping into this house and sensing and feeling the presence of God, uh, not the presence of religion. We don't want you to feel or sense the presence of a, a, a Nazarene, a Baptist, a Presbyterian, a church of God, a church of Christ. We don't want you to sense that presence. We want you to sense the presence of an almighty, awesome God sitting on the throne. That's our heart's cry and desire every time we come together. I don't want to fall into the trap of becoming stylish with our worship or having a certain methodology that we that we do that mimics or mocks everybody else I want to worship God in his holiness that's what I want to see and know and experience and when you come in here we may sing a song from 19 bow wow wow but if we do it better be anointed because that's what touches the heart I can sing amazing grace how sweet the sound or I was sinking deep in sin, and love lifted me. I can sing those songs if I know who I'm singing about. And his presence is there anointing that in my life. The only one I don't like is zeal of God. I don't like, that's a joke between me and Gary. I, I don't like that song. Not the song, the song is good. The words, I just don't like the beat. There are a couple others I don't like either. You can ask me after church. (laughs) Connect with one another though. Our heart is to embrace God. Connect with one another. We desire to, to bear one another's burdens. We desire to know one another. That's why we have the meet and greet after service every other Sunday. It's because we want our new people, to feel a connection with us. We want them to first meet the pastors and then meet all of you. I want you to take them out to dinner. I want you to become friends with them. I want you to to develop family type style relationships with our people because that's important. That people don't want to go to a church where they've been here three years, four years, five years and nobody's ever invited them out. Nobody's ever talked to them. That ain't a church. That's a a group. I want us to know one another and to care for one another and love one another. Wants to be family together. We cry together. We laugh together. And it takes time. It can't happen overnight. You know, I can't be I can't be best friends. We have fourteen hundred members. I can't be best friends with fourteen hundred members. I would die in my ice cream. I would just. But that's why we we reach out. We we all reach out to one another. We love one another. We connect with one another. Then, of course, according to. Matthew chapter 28, we talk about the great commission. Jesus said, go make disciples. Go make disciples of all nations. So it's important to us that our third point and the foundation of our ministry here is to pursue growth. And that's what today is going to be about today is about pursuing growth it's about developing yourself in a relationship developing your faith understanding the authority that you have as a child of God and what the authority is in the name of Jesus understanding how you can rebuke the enemy and how you can fight spiritual battles and win and be victorious in your Christian life, how you can be triumphant as we are given the promise and the word of God. We don't want to stay babies in the faith. We don't want to stay offended little babies, always getting our feelings hurt. We want to grow up in God and become strong warriors in the Lord and stop acting like children. It's time for us to grow up. We believe in pursuing growth. You know, I've met people that have been in church 20, 30 years, and they still... They just get hurt all the time. They just hurt my feelings. I just want to say, "Oh, stop it, please." Get you some Neapolitan ice cream, and is that how you say it, Neapolitan? I'll just stick with chocolate. There we go. Get you some ice cream, and you know, get you a donut, and just chill out. It's time to grow up in the Lord. Somebody say, "Amen." Amen. Time we pursue growth. We want to be the kind of people, I want to fight devils, not you. I going to fight devils, not you. Got to get past fighting you. Got to get past the drama. Got to get to the place where we grow up in God. That's, that's what we're pursuing. That's what I want. I want to be able to, to speak to things. I want to speak to principalities. I want to speak to every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. I want to come against those kind of things. That the enemy that tries to lure around and, and take down our sons and our daughters. I want to fight that enemy. I'm tired of people that want to fight on the pew all the time. You can go to another church. They, they love to fight over there. Over here, what we want is we want there to be power in the pew. We want there to be power in our praise. We want there to be worship in our midst so that we live out the Christian experience experience and grow in God we want to grow we want to pursue growth so stop getting your feelings hurt somebody right now is like he's talking to me my feelings hurt okay serve the Lord serve the world you know Jesus said the greatest among you he'll be servant of all that's our heart Just to ultimately the the end of embracing God, connecting with one another, it makes you grow. From here you grow. Here you get stronger. Here you become a maniac warrior for God. Then you're ready by the time you get to the greatness to turn around and serve. That's the way it works. I think it's beautiful and I'd love to take credit for this, but God gave this to us. And he gives it to us based on his own word in Matthew where he talks about the great commission. It's where it comes from. It's what we should be. And as we are developing and growing today, I want to cover the message, being in the right place at the right time, developing in us and ourselves a growth that really focuses on the things God loves. And here is the opening point. Are you ready? Say amen. amen. All right, the opening point. God uses ordinary people. Isn't that amazing? God uses ordinary people. You can be in the right place at the right time. God can use you. Every man, woman in the Word of God was someone that God chose. They were just a human, ordinary person, they were somebody that did not have, God didn't go through a catalog of humanity and say, oh, well, this one's special. That one's got a special thing. Let's make this one special. No, he didn't do that. He just chose people. I like what Pastor Brian said to me earlier. He just chose people that were available. People that were available. You'd be surprised how many people are really not available. But God was looking for people. He goes looking for people. Anyone. A couple times in the word, he even said, if I could just find 10. God suffers for looking for people who are willing and available for his touch. Oh, how many times have I heard people say, man, they were lucky. I don't believe in luck, not not in the family of God. You see, I only rested in luck when I was a sinner out in the world. Then it was all based on coincidence. Then it was based on chance. And then it was like, You know, didn't know what was going to happen. But when I became a believer in Christ, now I'm preaching this doctrine, y'all can call it whatever you want, but I'm just telling you everything I understand and read about the word of God says that my steps are ordered of the Lord. Everywhere that I go, I am a child of God, and that means I. My steps are ordered. I know in Jeremiah, He says, "I know the plans that I have for you," declares the Lord. You know that when you bought it on the wooden plaque, you bought in Gatlinburg. It's hanging in your house. That that plan, that that pro, that that. that plan he promises to give us the, the hope and the future and health and those things that he wants for us, he promises us those things. Those are not just encouraging thoughts, those are promises. So we're wondering, so many times we're wondering, what is it that makes the difference? What? Why do some experience it and some don't? How come they get it and I don't? How come this one Gets a victory or gets a miracle, but I don't get a miracle or a victory. We're gonna actually look at that today because sometimes we think, oh wow, I mean, everything just fell into place for them. Well, I believe that if you will live a life anticipated and expecting that you are the same child of God with the same respect of persons that, that every other child of God has, then you have a right to look up to the Lord and say, Lord, I am just standing in the middle of your promise. I'm standing in the middle I'm waiting on you, trusting in the Lord with all of my heart, leaning not to my own understanding, but in all of my ways, acknowledging him and he shall direct my path. I don't... I don't think that we get it sometimes. I think we have a hearing problem in the the body of Christ. We rely, we look on our circumstances. We judge everything by what's happening, what went right or what went wrong. And we immediately look to the heavens and blame God telling you, I really want us to look into the life of Elijah and see. He had miracle after miracle after miracle. It just seemed like everything fell. Anyone could look at his life. If you especially look at at chapter 17 of 1 Kings, you're going to look at that and read that whole chapter, and you're going to be like, everything just always worked out for him. He always, man, everything just, it was like he was in the right place at the right time all the time. Everything seemed to work out. It seemed like every time he turned around, he was being blessed and favored and God just showed up. Here is Elijah. He's having amazing, miraculous, supernatural things. He's blessed on every side and he's got a story coming and going. Always, always got a story. I'm telling you, I believe in divine providence. I believe in divine appointment. And I believe that you and I ought to have stories all the time that there ought to be one story after another about how the Lord has led you ordered your steps provided for you opened up a door of opportunity and you were able to be used in a miraculous way in the life of someone else or your own I believe that I'm gonna prove it through the Word of God it would seem that Elijah was always in the right place at the right time I assure you, it wasn't luck. It wasn't luck that he was fed by ravens morning and night, that they literally brought him meat, literally fed him, that he ended up by the brook Cherith when the whole country was in a drought, the largest, most horrific dr- drought that had been in the history at that point. They, w- they were dying, they were starving. And, God spoke to the man of God who trusted in him, literally ordered his steps. He said, turn east, go here, go there, hide here, drink, and eat. Amazing. God will always take care of his own. It doesn't matter what the circumstances outside show. The promise that I get from it is divine arrangement. Elijah was an ordinary man. And Elijah was taken care of by God. So how do we see this working in our own lives? I remember all throughout my life, and many of you, you've heard some of the stories many times of how God has intervened. And I I have been that person who feels like I'm in the right place at the right time. And it's happened so many times, and I'm blown away by it, but we shouldn't be. And that's the message today. We shouldn't be blown away by those things because it should be the normal course of your experience with God that every day every conversation every place you go there is literally someone or something God is going to use you for if you'll get your head out of the clouds keep listening and looking to God and stop worrying and thinking about only yourself all the time remember when Judy Fletcher, is she here today? She watches online when she's not able to be in service. Uh, Judy called me on the phone at the office a couple of years ago and she, she said, pastor, would you pray for my grandson? And we, we, I prayed with her right there on the phone and we talked about it. She said, hey, I just, I won't go into detail, but she wanted me to really just pray for him. Keep him in your prayers, please. I want to see a miracle in his life. And okay, I was like, okay, I agree with you. I'll pray with you. And we did. And then I kept praying for him over two weeks. And We went off, uh, the church had the big cruise and so we all went down to Miami, Florida and we're down there on the beach in Miami, Florida and we're all looking at the water and there's a whole bunch of Church of God people and their jeans rolled up to their knees and we're all standing there, you know and we're getting our feet in the water, and we're just, I see this couple over here to the left of me, and, and they're like standing in the water, and he runs out of the water and takes her picture in the water. He runs back in the water. She runs out. She takes his picture, and I did what any good person would do. I said, would you like a picture of both of you? Yes, thank you so much. I'm like, oh, no problem. So I'm standing in front of him, and, and all of a sudden, he goes, you look familiar. I'm like, He said, you really look familiar. And I'm like, he says, I know you. And I'm like, no, you don't know me. I said, I live like a thousand miles away from here, very far away. And he was just like, I live a thousand miles away from here. I live very far away. And I was just like, really? Oh, that's cool. And he goes, yeah, where do you live? And I said, I live in Ohio, Middletown. He goes, I live in Middletown. And I'm like, no, you don't. He goes, Stratford Heights, Ray Phillips, Pastor Ray Phillips. I was like, no way. Who are you? He tells me who he is and I am like, no way. I said, are you kidding me? I said, I've been praying for you for two solid weeks. It was her grandson standing in the Atlantic Ocean down there in Miami, Florida, <laughs> two weeks after I'd started praying. I'm now listen, yeah. Well, he gets Judy on the phone and I'm standing on the beach because I wasn't going down in the water, you know, I had my Church of God jeans on. So I'm like standing there. And I hear Judy screaming through the phone. Ah! She goes, that's him, that's him. So he says, here, she wants to talk to you. And so I get on the phone and she's like, pastor, she's crying. She's like, that's my grandson. You're the one you've been praying for. He's right there and you're talking to him. I looked at that boy and I said, boy, your life is marked. God knows right where you are. I've been praying for you and he is going to touch your life. And there is something over your life. And he got tears in his eyes and he's standing there receiving it. I think he's afraid at that point, you know. He didn't know what to do. Right place, right time. With God ordered, divine appointment. Somebody can say, well, that was pretty lucky, wasn't it? No wasn't luck that was God and I've had those experiences over and over and over again many of you have had them I've heard your stories we, we but when isn't it amazing that sometimes we hear those and we all go <gasps> when it should be the normal course of our life events that we're considered every day we're walking in this desire and this anticipation that the next conversation, the next place we go, the next word that we say, everything being ordered of the Lord. I was thrilled and privileged this last week to spend a few days away with Brian, Pastor Brian and Amelia, and I love them. They're dear friends, and we had been planning this for a long time, for over a year, and we were together for a few days, and we went off and and as we were together, I, I noticed something that took place. It was something the Lord allowed me to see because I got to see this message up close. I'm talking to you. I'm saying, Amy, Amy, Amelia and Brian, Pastor Brian, they are like mean machines when it comes to people. I'm telling you, I, I sat back and watched as one encounter after another, they kept meeting these people. Amelia kept finding these people, these ladies and their Draw, they're drawn to her and they're flocking to her they're literally coming up and tapping her on the shoulder and she's turning around and she's just like making herself available and she's just like talking to them and the next thing I know they're crying and they're praying and they're changing numbers and I'm just like what are you doing? She's like oh pastor she just needed to pray she just needs God, she just needs Jesus and she's just, she's over there in the corner and Brian, Pastor Brian and I are like I guess we'll eat lunch sometime and Amelia's out here ministering again I mean, every time I turned around, she was finding some new, and I'm not talking about, you know, I meet people, they're from Middletown. You know, I, I get, No, no, she's got people from the country of Jordan, from the country of Spain, from the Canary Islands out there. I'm like, you get these, like, great people. I, I mean, my people are great, but they're just They're from home, you know, because her friends are saying, oh, you must come to Spain and stay with us in our house. And mine is like, yeah, I got an apartment in, in Middletown. Come stay with me. But what was beautiful was watching them cry and pray, watching the ladies with tears in their eyes as she's ministering to them, and we're all getting together, and she's like, I'm sorry, I have to go. I have to go meet her for coffee. I'm like, we're on a trip. <laughs> she's meeting these people for coffee, and they're sharing, and they're talking. And, and I was watching how God just kept bringing them to them. It, it wasn't like she went to this room and said, my name is Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> she walks into this room, and the next thing you know, these ladies are like, one lady says, you speak Spanish? They friendship for life and the woman is crying telling her all her problems and she's giving her Jesus another lady we met her on a bus the next thing you know they're ministering to one another and I was watching that over and over again and the Lord was kept saying to me that's supposed to be normal that's supposed to be normal and I've had those experiences in my own life and I understood it but that's when the Lord was really dealing with me about this message today about how I want to challenge everyone under the sound of my voice that your life is on purpose. Your life matters. Every conversation. You can't have a day you've got to pray and and get to the place where you say, God, don't, don't let me have them off days. And if I do, let me pray them through. That's why Paul said, I die daily. I have to kill this flesh. I have to push this down so that when I'm out here preaching to the masses, I don't become a castaway myself. He said, I've got to be ready. I die daily. I beat this body down so that I can be available out here so that I can have the message of the gospel to reach people who are hurting and dying we've got to know God wants to use us He wants to use your next trip to Kroger's He wants to use your next day at work. He wants to touch you with your family. He wants the conversations that you have to be light to people who are in darkness. He wants to make a difference in the lives of everybody around you. It may be people you know. It may be people you don't know. All I know is that when I left them, we were all traveling separately. So I got on my plane and I'm in North Carolina getting on my plane to come to Dayton. And as I'm sitting there, I have been watching her. So I have been well like, God, I want a moment. You know, give me, another, give me another moment. And I think I'm acting like I want us to all act. I, I literally am walking around spying people. Where's my my big encounter? I'm going to minister to somebody. I'm not going back without a story. Man, Amelia can't have all the stories. Or Brian, hey, can't have them all. So I'm like walking around. I'm looking for people. And I think people were like thinking I was a weirdo. Because, uh, you know, I'm just like. ah yeah I was looking I'm looking for my story when all of a sudden out of nowhere I'm sitting on the plane and I started watching the one flight attendant that we had she was all by herself there was no one to help her and I noticed that she was smiling just smiling at everybody just so happy to serve and she was taking care of the entire plane first and economy all by herself and she's doing all the work and she's it's a long day, it's late at night. She's tired, she's flown all over the country all day today, that day. But yeah, she's got this beautiful smile on her face and she's helping everyone. She came and she took care of me and she's just like, my pleasure, sir. I'm so happy to serve you. And I'm just like, and after it was all over, I'm watching her, I'm watching her. and Then I spied the need. When she couldn't be seen, she walked, she was just like helping everybody being everybody and then she comes like this and when she was hidden she had her face to where I could see it and she was just like (sighs) and I could see that she was just wiped out exhausted and then I saw her just turn that smile right back on she turned back around and she served everybody not one person on that plane but me saw that she was tired not one person saw That she was wore out. And I thought. That's my encounter. She's the one I'm going to minister to. And when it was over. And we were getting off the plane. I'm walking up. And she's like. It's my pleasure. My pleasure to serve you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like. Is this Chick-fil-A? What is this? I get up to her. And she goes. Thank you sir. It was my pleasure to serve you. And I said. Hey. I said, I just want you to know that I really appreciate how kind and good you've been. You've been so kind and so wonderful. I said, thank you for that. And she goes, oh, thank you. And I said, I I want you to know that I prayed for you. I said, I know it's been a long day for you and I just want you to know, God God bless you and thank you for being so nice. Tears welled up in her eyes. And she looked at me and she said, thank you. She goes, you have no idea what kind of day I've had. And I said, well, God did and he loves you. And I said, I'm gonna be praying for you. And she was just like, I think she wanted to hug me, but it was against protocol, you know. (laughs) And I walked off the plane, and I was just like, thank you. (laughs) Amelia 10, Ray 1. (laughs) 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 Encounters. Being in the right place at the right time. It's part of who we are. It's the normal course of events in the life of one who's come into a faithful, obedient relationship with God. Unexplainable, miraculous events that take place. The Bible text we read this morning, it gives us some clues as to what what we need in our own lives to see that happen. I've been asked as a pastor over and over again, where are the miracles in my life? Why am I not used like I see others are used? What's the secret to being used of God in miracles? I see him in so many around me. Seems like I wrote this down. Somebody said, it seems like I'm always a day late and a dollar short instead of the right place at the right time. I looked at this story and I thought the answers are here. It's divine. It's divine appointment. It's divine appointment when we understand that God has a purpose and a plan for each one of us, that we must live in it. We've got to tune in to the frequency of heaven. You know what? That, that takes discipline because it takes you and I getting our eyes off of ourselves. We live in a day and time. I'm just telling you the way it is. You can like it or you can like get mad at me and then you can forgive me and that'll help you grow in Christianity. We're too selfish. We are Selfish. As a pastor, I see selfishness. It's all about me. But that's not the way Christianity works. See, Christianity is all about everybody else. You die to self. Will any man come after me? Let him deny himself. Take up his cross. Follow me. You've got to die to self. When you die to self, suddenly heaven opens up. Heaven opens. Then you begin to see opportunities. And when you live out this obedience, you see, we see a picture of Elijah in this verse of Scripture. It's amazing. It says in verse 2, and the word of the Lord came to him, came to Elijah. So the word of the Lord came to him, instructions came to him. And it says in the third verse, depart from here, turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from that brook, and I've commanded ravens to come feed you there. Not wherever you are. Not down the street or off track. You know, Jonah didn't get the blessing of his calling when he went down the other direction, away from Nineveh. No, he had to go to Nineveh to receive the blessing. You see, we ask God, hey, bless me where I'm at. Bless me for what I want. Bless me for my plan. This is the way I think it ought to work out. This is the chronology of time that I think God best fits my life so I'm pushing this out here for you, you bless this and get on in on this because I think this is the way it should be. Most people I know in Christianity today suffer from the at least the temptation of everything needing to be exactly the way you think it ought to be and God sits back and He's not going to bless what's not His will, He's not going to bless what's not His plan, He's got the best plan for you and I, He's got a design and a purpose over your life and if You will lay it all down. Trust in the Lord completely. Look up to the heavens and say, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll be whatever you want me to be. If you don't want me to do my dream, but you want me to do something else, I'll do it because your plan is always best. I'm telling you, when you get into that mode of anticipation and expectation with God, suddenly that's what unlocks heaven. And I'm telling you, there's joy that is uncomparable in that spot. There's peace and love that you'll never find in anything else that you do. I'm talking about God who is able to make unto you, you and I, make us a life that is second to nothing we have ever experienced or thought about in this world. God has a plan for you, he has a plan for your life and he wants you to discover it, quit beating your head against a brick wall, trying to make your own desires, your own plans happen, give it back to God, when you do, every step that you take becomes an appointment, every encounter becomes on purpose. God uses you to touch others' lives, and it becomes miracles and testimonies. Elijah wasn't blessed where, outside of the brook at Cherith. He didn't, there wasn't miracles along the way there. He had to fulfill the instructions that God gave him before there was actually the first miracle. And then, when you look at it, you can't believe How God provided, and the word, of he just gave the word to Ahab that there's going to be famine and drought. But then the Lord turns around and says, and then the word came to Elijah. And Elijah was told, do this, turn left, go east, go here, hide here, drink this, you're going to be fed, and I'm going to take care of you. And then it says, awesomely, it says something amazing. It says, let me read it to you exactly like it says. And after a while, the brook dried up. Well, that's the second problem we always have. Well, Lord, what did I do wrong? It dried up. Uh, the, the, brook, the miracle is gone. The blessing is gone. The favor is gone. The honor is gone. Lord, I'm not in your will anymore. I failed you miserably. Lord, what have I done? And then we go down that old selfish road all over again. You know why the brook dried up? Because God said, okay, Elijah, this one's over. It's time for the next one. It's time for you to go from this miracle to the next one. If he had stayed at the brook Cherith, he'd have never went on to Mount Carmel and brought fire down from heaven. And all of the people of Israel experienced one of the greatest revivals that ever hit. All that happened over here at the brook was drought was drought and famine. And, and provision. But God said, I'm going to do more than that. I'm going to literally take you to the top of the mountain. You're going to bring fire down from heaven. All of the prophets of Baal are going to be wiped out. And all of Israel is going to see that Jehovah is God. And then in that, he says, and, oh, by the way, you're going to see a cloud the size of a man's hand, because that means the drought is over. And the abundance of rain that's coming after that was going to be a miraculous, one more time testimony for Elijah. But if He." never left the brook. I don't know what we're going to do. I mean, it's all dried up. I don't know what we're going to do, pastor. Everything's falling apart. If you belong to God, when this dries up, you lift your eyes. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. I will trust in him. I will lean hard upon him. I will hold to his promises. And when this falls apart, that only means he's shut that door to open another door. And when he opens the door, it's gonna be bigger and better and more, more amazing, more miraculous than it was before. I believe God takes you to higher heights all the time I am believing I mean I couldn't believe it when I was a little 18 year old walking in the back door at Harlem Park that one day I'd be standing in the pulpit of the Stratford Heights Church of God being the pastor of that church you talk about blowing my mind but I'm gonna tell you I believe that every step was ordered that night that I walked in on Sunday night and stood in the back at Harlem Park and Judy was the only person who spoke to me and she scared me half to death and I'm standing there and I'm just, I'm, I'm quiet and shy and backward, not talking to anybody, and I'm just standing there as a little teenager. Who would have ever guessed that God said, tonight you walk in to that church, one day you will step up on the pulpit and preach the message about this night. That night was so important to the history of what was happening in my experience with God that I want to encourage you and tell you don't you miss the small steps along the way. Don't take the and discouragement and the things that he tries to do to take away from you the promise and the hope that's on the way. Because I'm telling you, he's got greater things than you could ever imagine waiting for you. If you will trust in him, you've got to step up into a trust with God in his word and get beyond the selfishness and the doubt, the whining and the complaining and the grumbling. You know who doesn't get used at Kroger's to talk to somebody? You want to know who doesn't talk to somebody in the airport, in the airplane, and tears begin to flow? You know who doesn't get that done? The grumbling, whining, complaining, selfish, mean people. Nobody wants to be around you. (laughs) They don't. Grow up. I mean, come on. Well, why don't they want to be around me? I'm a Christian. Yeah, you're a mean Christian. You're mean. You're nasty. You cut people's heads off. And then you wonder why they didn't ask you to go, you know, sit by them at the theater, movie theater. Oh, we don't go to movies. I forgot. Oh, that was 1970. We're okay. God wants us to get in this place where we truly live like Elijah did he lived in obedience and that's key and that's help me I'll land the plane if you'll start playing obedience Elijah got up and did what God said everything God spoke to Elijah he followed it I I like GPS I got GPS on my phone I love it man you put your destination in there it literally tells you hours how many hours it will take how many miles you are going to go what time will be your arrival and all what will be the route along the way I love to do that there is only one little issue that I seem to have sometimes and that is I put it all in there I look at it and I am like I will be there in two hours and thirteen minutes it I will go this many miles and I will it will take this long and these are the routes that I am going to take and I put it up on my dash and I'm ready to go and I start driving and then after a little while I'm like why isn't she talking to me and I got halfway across the world traveling and not halfway across the world but at least halfway to my destination before I finally realized I never hit go you see there's an important step in using the GPS app you gotta hit go and when I hit go she said rerouting (laughs) you see we can have it all given to us the word, the promise, the Holy Spirit the presence of God, the services the presence of the Lord come and meet with us like he does we can have all of those things but if we don't ever get up and go if we don't do anything with it if we just sit on it our whole lives if we do nothing with it we just stare at it we know the scriptures we Get together with other people on sunday and we study the scriptures and we read that book but we we pray that prayer over our food we we do these little things but we don't really pursue god's will and god's word over our life we we literally got it all in front of us we have the instructions here's how here's greatness here's how you be a servant here's how you be a child of god here's how you fulfill ministry it's all in there i'm telling you why are you walking around like you don't know the answers I'm telling you the Word of God is filled full of promises that will guarantee you a successful life in Christ it's right there but if you do nothing with it if it's nothing more than a denomination or a religion or a style or a preference, well, James, you turned me on to that one. If it's just your preference, if that's all it is. And you don't do anything with it, it's worthless. And you live your life disappointed in God when all along he was shaking his head at you saying you didn't hit go. It didn't hit go you have to obey the bible says obedience is better than sacrifice he would much rather have your simple obedience than your gift your talent and all the stuff that you do just be obedient i'll never forget the time when i was learning how to be a pastor i was running like a chicken with my head cut off I was literally in everything just my hand in everything I thought I was supposed to be just everywhere at all times and I was suffering health issues doctor said you got to slow down I had a doctor who looked at me and said do you like what you do and I said yeah are you kidding me I love what I do he said you keep this up you won't be doing it in five years I said what he said You got to change something. I sought the Lord about it. You know what the Lord spoke to me? The Lord was with the doctor. He said, (laughs) Dr. Small, (laughs) she said, yeah. (laughs) He said, I won't bless everything you do. And I was just like, I knew it was God because I was shocked. I was like, are you kidding me? I am a child of God, you should bless everything that I do, he said, no, he said, I'm not going to bless everything you do, I'm not in you wearing yourself out, I'm not in you being exhausted all the time and physically killing yourself, I'm not into that. He said, I'm not going to bless everything you do, he said, but I will bless everything I give you to do, and you follow through and obey. I will always bless everything I've given you to do. I was like, wow. Changed my life. Stand with me this morning. Learn to listen. You have that message. Lift your hands and honor the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He's called you to trust in Him. He wants to restore in you joy and peace and love. He wants us to move from the ordinary into extraordinary. He wants us to be miraculous Our lives to be used for miraculous events, opportunities that blow your mind, stories. He wants stories, wants to give you and I more stories, testimonials of how He touched and blessed and used you in a beautiful situation where God was honored and glorified. It'll always honor Him. So today, the response that we want is to say, if you can use anything, Lord, use me. Let me, allow me, Lord, the privilege of being used by your Holy Spirit in conversations. Today, at the restaurant, with the family, out in the yard, Lord, cars that pass by, wherever you can use me, give me opportunity." Lord, I want to be used by you. How many would say that tonight? So this morning, you'd just lift your hand and say, I, I I want to be used, God. I want miraculous stories in my life because they're all about you. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, I, I want to ask this audience if there's anyone who would say, I don't know Jesus and I don't want to leave here today without him in my life. You need the Lord. You need to be saved you need Jesus in your heart a prayer that we're going to pray from the, in this service it's not the prayer itself the words itself that would save you but if you from your heart are ready to receive Jesus then we're going to help lead you in a prayer that will save you it will rescue your life and make him Lord of your heart and life if you're ready to pray that prayer this morning and you pray with me now would you just slip up your hand and write back down we're going to pray together in just a moment is there anyone at all that would say, I want to be saved today. I want Jesus in my life. God bless you, son. Is there anyone else? Thank God for this young man. I want to be saved today. I need to be right with God. Maybe you've been you've been saved, so to speak. You've been a Christian, but you've gotten away from the Lord and you'd like to renew that commitment with Him today. Would you just slip up your hand? Let me know that we're going to pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. You, God, see you. Thank God for you. All right. and wonderful these hands that have lifted up. Let's let's go to prayer together. As we do, let's trust God, His Word alive in your heart, man. It's going to change everything. Let me promise you something. Just as surely as we can. Count on Him to use us in explosive, miraculous ways out in our community. You can trust Him that right now something's going to change in your life. God's going to renew His relationship with you. Let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. Be Lord of my life. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross rose from the dead you walked out of that tomb now be lord of my life keep me strengthen me use me until you come for me according to your word i believe this in my heart i confess you now with my mouth so i'm saved in jesus name amen amen praise god if you prayed that prayer today we invite you after service to make your way out into the uh, uh, lobby there's a, a small groups table there uh, someone will be there to talk with you give you a book a bible if you need that we want to help you in any way to get started in your new walk with god god bless you and bless you. amen hey man, can we just one time just thank god for what he's done today in our life man like like Pastor said, to, to make it even more personal, if you prayed that prayer today, you can text this number. You can simply text the word set free to this number, and there'll be some discipleship options to help you grow in your walk and your faith. God bless you. The meet and greet. If you've been trying our church out, we want you to meet our pastors. Thank you for coming today. God bless you. Have a great Sunday.